You're listening to Do That Well with your hosts, Brenda Brown and Karen Thrall, a podcast about real experiences and how to turn them into life lessons. Unscripted, honest, funny, genuine, and passionate. A series of conversations where we explore every aspect of human interaction and provoke each other to do life well. Thank you for joining us. Today on Do That Well, we are going to talk about your inner monologue or perhaps lack thereof. Um, essentially, I recently learned, and many of you may already know this, it's, it, it's possible I was late to the game, but I recently learned that not everybody has an inner monologue. So for me, when I think I'm constantly talking to myself inside my brain, <laughs> yeah. if you tell me to visualize something, I see it almost as if it's there in front of me. And I recently learned that not everyone thinks in that way. Some people mm -hmm. think in a more abstract way. And this mm -hmm. blew my mind. Like, I literally could not fathom that someone wouldn't think in that way. And so I brought it to you, Karen, and I was just like, do you know that this is a thing? <laughs> I was so shocked. <laughs> and the thing is, um, I, me too. So I, I have internal, I have an internal monologue that goes on and I have the abstract thinking. And so it would have been so good if we had somebody who was on this episode with us who didn't, because we're just going to be talking about it. But man, I would have loved to have somebody who actually doesn't relate to us, <laughs> but we'll do, we'll see, we'll do our best. Yes, definitely. And I like that you said that you do have both because I do. in our, in our findings, I did see that there's usually it's a spectrum. There's usually some sort of very, you know, variation or there's an amount that you'll have a monologue or a dialogue to yourself. Um, some people have it a little bit, some people have it a lot, or it's the only thing, or they don't have it at all. So that is also interesting to me that depending on the circumstance or situation, you your thinking style may mm -hmm. vary. Mm -hmm. Well, and also I know that in one of the articles um, that helped me understand too was like, you know, they didn't use this example, this is me, but you know, like maybe in the Marvel comics or uh, where they, um, the superhero will be walking and there'll be a narrative going on while they're walking or while they're doing it. And it's their inner monologue. They described it as that. So in TV, they're actually really good at describing inner monologues. They're actually good at doing it. And that's this conversation that happens in your head and we're going to get into it. But I thought that was really cool. But I also read another, another article where there was a bunch of them that did not have the inner, inner monologue and they actually thought it was horrible. They were like, why would, why would I want an inner monologue? They were just like, that sounds awful like it was really funny like there must have been one after another after another saying no I don't want that so I'm thinking oh wow look at us we have an inner inner monologue and they're going no thank you I don't want it <laughs> so I thought that was really kind of cute uh, the grass is always greener that's the <laughs> yeah. thing I think right yeah um, so as we get into this, at this point, I'm sure listening, you, for the most part, are probably grasping what we're talking about. There's this difference between somebody that, as you said, Karen, I think TV shows and movies do a really good job of it when there's this, there's this character and he's saying to himself, you know, 
as I walked down the street, all I could think of was the smell of onions walking through the air. And it reminded me of her. I don't know. That's a horrible thing. Hopefully onions aren't reminding you of somebody. Um, Brenda, which movie is that? Because I got to see it. <laughs> <laughs> the movie in your head. <laughs> yes, it's my movie. Um, and that is the way that some people actually think. Others do not. And this is what we are going to discuss today. <laughs> So first off, I do want to say as a little anecdote, um, I always just thought that I was overly romanticizing my life because I 100% do have monologues like that. Like, you know, as I was walking down the street today, I thought to myself, like, I actually do that. And I always just thought it was because I was like overly romanticizing my life. (laughs) Turns out this is just the way that some people think. That makes me feel better. There you go. (laughs) So, um, the little voice inside our head, it, it can be a really great thing because it can be our greatest supporter, uh, but it can also be your worst critic. So I think that is an interesting point that people that don't have that inner monologue or inner voice in their head, um, like, I'm just so curious. Are they, are you not, you're not then, you don't have that critic or the greatest supporter in your inside you so that's yeah. really interesting to me uh because i did also uh read a, one woman talk about she doesn't um if she's feeling insecure she doesn't go oh i have feelings of insecurity i wonder what's wrong with me i i, I she doesn't have any inner dialogue that's talk she just goes well i have a feeling and i think it's called insecurity like she doesn't have as big conversation about it she goes that's probably an advantage that she has that she doesn't carry on a conversation when she's feeling insecure or sad or angry she's just very aware of her emotions abstract and she's associating those emotions going oh i'm feeling insecure but there's no conversation that's going to go with it so that that was kind of cool yeah <laughs> i mean hearing that to me that sounds Healthy. It does. It sounds really nice. Yeah, you know, on this podcast, we talk a lot about that inner voice, that inner critic, Mm. you know, um, being your own hype man. We talk a lot about that inner voice. Mm. And so for me to think that you could, that for some people, it's not even a part of the equation, like, wow. And you remember like, uh, I mean, they still do where you have the ego and the id on your shoulder. Or the angel and the devil, like you have this ego and it on your shoulder, and they're talking to you, but it's your own voices. It's like that's like it, that inner monologue is. I guess we just assumed everyone had it, so um, so I thought that was interesting. Oh wow, I hadn't thought about that too. That visual, yeah. the see if you're a person that doesn't have the inner monologue, please, please, yes. please email us, us like, yes. what it is like. I, I really, really want to know. Because when you saw those cartoons as a kid with like, you know, the two little people on their shoulders, you probably were just thinking to yourself, well, what the heck? Like, what does that have to do with anything? It probably didn't make any sense because you didn't have that inner voice. So there's different dimensions to this uh, inner voice. So one of the the first dimension is just, you know, this monologue. So you think to yourself in sentences and words. it might be something at like, I need to go get some food because I'm hungry. And you might think that to yourself. 
Uh, or it might be a conversation with yourself. So it's more thinking about why you're hungry or thinking about the kind of food that you're going to want to eat when you do eat. Um, so those are so, some of the ways in which that monologue can present itself. I was reading about somebody that does not have the monologue. And to use the same example about being hungry, they said that essentially, rather than thinking, I'm hungry, I need to go get something to eat, they just feel hunger. And then they like think hamburger or, you know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> um, so as you said a moment ago, I think, and again, neither of us really truly is a person that thinks without a monologue. So I'm speculating here, but it sounds like I would think these people are probably may, uh, more in touch with their emotions because mm. they might have to be. And you know what, actually, okay, so I'm going to just dip down because I wrote myself a little note and then we'll come back up. Abstract is images, sensations, emotions, but not a voice or words. So it's images, sensations, emotions, but not a voice or words. There we go. Yeah. So, and I can relate to that too, because I have like my, the imagery, like little things. And I don't know if you can relate where, um, let's say I'm, I'm walking close to a cliff and then I'll see myself fall. I'll go, and then I move myself away from the cliff. Do you, does, do you do that? Or is that just me? Or like I'm walking across the street and I'll see, like I'll see that I might get hit by a car. Like I'll visually see something like, and then I pull back. And so I'm not thinking, but I'm not going, hey, be careful. Don't cross the street. You know, there might, a car might hit you. I have a visual of it. And then that makes me mm -hmm. uh, like retreat. So that's where I know I have abstract because, and I will like see conversations like movies, like I do, even in coaching, I go right into a visual, you know, like I can visualize stuff. So I do know I have that. So I, I, I'm pretty sure I have both. Mm -hmm. um, but I did, what about you? Do you find yourself on the visual side? Well, I definitely am very visual, but I do think that there's always some sort of dialogue or monologue included with it. Mm -hmm. uh, so to take your same example, I'm trying to think if I was near a cliff's edge and I thought, and then I saw, I looked over the edge and kind of, I would still get that same sensation and that same feeling of like, oh, I need to move or, but it would be coupled with like, Brenda, get away from the ledge. What are you doing? <laughs> so, so there'd be both. Yeah. Yeah, probably. And then there was one psychologist. Uh, there were so many articles and I wish I, you know, I, uh, there'd be too many links because I, I went on a rabbit trail. <laughs> but one psychologist was saying, actually one of the founders of this this teaching um, was saying how um, you, he said, the reason it's so difficult to really understand what goes on in our brains, it would be like, um turning on a light to see how dark it is. <laughs> oh, I wonder how dark it is. So you turn, let's turn on the light to see how dark it is. It's not possible. So it's kind of like that. So this whole inner monologue, there's still, there's so much research to do because it's, it, it kind of counterproductive to start thinking about inner monologues and abstract thinking, because then you'll just stop. Like you don't, right. you can't do it while you're thinking about it. Right. Yeah. And, and one of the studies that I was reading about, um, 
it sounded like at the beginning of the study, they really had to train people in a way to answer authentically. Right. So it wasn't until later in the study that they were actually getting what they felt was more authentic data. Um, and to your point, because if you tell someone to start thinking about it, then you're going to, or like if you plant the seed of, well, do you hear a monologue? Then they might develop that monologue, whereas it might have not naturally been there. And so to be able to catch someone in the moment and truly think and truly get, you know, a response to them to say, hey, what are you thinking right now? Yeah. Okay. Are you thinking about it in pictures or in colors or in sounds or in words? You know, <laughs> it's actually really quite challenging, even as we share our own experiences here to go back to our, our cliff <laughs> example I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, I think that's how I would react, but I can't really know because I'm thinking about it. Right. And um, th there was another thing he said, and it's uh, for psychologists, it's uh, the last name is Hurlbert, H-U-R-L-B-U-R-T. So I want to make sure I give him credit because he was the one I, I drew a lot of information from. Um, so he said that they, they did a button, so they, they kept... Uh, when the button when the button would beep, he would ask him, "What were you thinking?" And that's how he started doing his study. So as soon as they heard the beep, "What were you thinking?" Oh, nothing. Or oh, I was seeing this. Or oh, and that and that's when he realized some people have really strong inner monologues, and some don't, because he had to do it kind of like is that kind of is that what you mean, Brenda? Yeah, like, yeah the same exactly. kind of example. I think we're yeah. thinking the same one. <laughs> Are we okay? Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, then we got the second one. So the first one's first dimension is mon monologue, uh, think to yourself. And then the second one is called condensation. And I thought this was a really good word, how verbose your inner speech actually is. Um, there's words or fragments or whole sentences. Like um, you would have a very verbose inner monologue if you're preparing to facilitate a meeting. Mm -hmm. You know, you'd have a very strong, a very verbose inner monologue if you're needing to speak to somebody and you're preparing all that preparation. But most of the time it's fragmented. It's incomplete thoughts, incomplete sentences. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really cool too. And it's true. Like when I do, when I do uh, seminars, I am totally creating, I'm actually no exaggeration. I'm imagining people in the room. I'm doing a whole visualization. I'm talking to them. I'm imagining them asking me questions that this is imaginary people. And I'm creating the whole workshop in my head to kind of center myself. So I thought that was really cool. So the second one's called condensation. That's the second dimension. And again, I, I just continue to be over here just getting my mind blown every turn, <laughs> basically. <laughs> This episode is essentially just me like glitching in the matrix because I can't understand that people think differently than me. Uh, <laughs> I need to take my own advice from when we've talked about perspectives. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, even as you say that, yeah, this idea that the amount of monologue or dialogue could change again, depending on what the situation is. Because um, mm. again, I'm over here being... Uh, just narrating everything, just narrating every little piece of my life, just a regular Joel Go Joe Goldberg from you on Netflix. Well, you know what? When you said earlier, um, come on, Brenda, I, it's true. Come on, Brenda. Like, do you even name yourself in your inner monologue? It's true. Come yeah. on, Brenda. You know better. Come on, Brenda. Let's get going here. 
Right. Yeah, Brenda, where, Brenda, where'd you put that grocery list? Okay, Brenda, let's like, that's true. Like even this morning, as early as this morning or as recent as this morning, I was like, no, Karen. Because I, <laughs> I was having a thought and I was like, no, just let it go. That I'm not, no, that's not happening. But the, like there is some, and how about joking? I've joked with myself. I remember at 14, I remember at 14 being at a bus stop and I burst out laughing because I thought of a joke and I thought it was so funny and I just started laughing and I looked at the person, well, sorry, I just told myself a joke. And when <laughs> I heard it, I was 14, when I heard myself say, oh, I just told myself a joke. And then I realized, okay, that even sounds a little odd, but though <laughs> so it's in there, you know, you, these, and then you wonder if like imaginary friends, like, is that part right. of inner monologues? Like it just, just keeps going. Yeah. So let me ask you this, because in the reading that I did, it sounds like it can be quite varied. And I'm curious when you have your inner monologue and or dialogue, is it your voice or is it someone else's voice or does it vary? Um, it's when I'm talking to me, it's my voice for sure. Mm. Um, when I'm imagining people talking to me, like if I imagine you talking to me, it's your voice. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I, for some reason I can hear, you know, all the inflection will change and all that stuff, but yeah. What about you? Sometimes, um, it depends on the circumstance, but if I'm having a particularly romantic moment where I'm really narrating things, I sometimes will choose a, a voice of somebody else that I find pleasant, but then it's like becomes a mishmash of that person's voice and my own voice. So, oh my gosh. So for example, I really like David Attenborough uh, from all like the Planet Earth series. So sometimes the narration in my head is like my voice, but as David Attenborough. <laughs> that is hilarious. So you'll alter your own voice. Mm -hmm. you'll, you'll pick a favorite. Oh, I'd rather, I'd like to sound like, okay, that's hilarious. Yeah. Or like if it's because I'm, I don't know, using a word that somebody else has a fun way of inflecting. Like David Arboro always says algae instead of algae. <laughs> so like if I'm ever thinking about algae, which doesn't happen that often, <laughs> it was, I would say that's David. <laughs> Um, on that note, before we move on to our third and last dimension of my, of the people that said that they don't have an inner monologue or dialogue, that seemed to be the one thing that consistently they would say that was the closest that they would come to having an inner monologue or an inner dialogue was hearing music or like singing, singing mm -hmm. songs to themselves. Mm -hmm. So that seemed to be from a few different Reddit threads that I went down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that seemed to be a, a pretty consistent one. Of right. People that said they don't experience monologues or dialogues typically, but that they will sometimes sing lyrics to themselves. And that was kind of mm. the closest they thought they experienced mm. it. So I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That is interesting. So the third okay. dimension of the inner monologue dialogue um, is intentionality. So it's, like how much you enjoy your inner speech basically um, or if it's like purposeful if you're doing it for a reason. Um, so I would imagine, and again, this is speculation on my part because this isn't how my brain works, but I would imagine, and maybe you can fill in some blanks for us, Karen, for people that 
are somewhere in between where they're thinking both with monologues and more in this abstract way, I would imagine that this idea of intentionality becomes more pertinent then because you're picking and choosing when you want to engage Mm -hmm. in that monologue or dialogue. Yeah. Like I, I, I do know that I say many times like, well, I'm like, okay, Karen, let's talk about this. Like I, all right. Okay. So we're walking. We really need to talk this out here. We need to figure this thing out and I'll be having conversations. I find that's the third dimension. I'm very, very intentional. I want to be having a conversation with myself. Mm-hmm. Like I'll say things like, okay, so what's the wisdom in this? Like, or like, like almost like I'm self-coaching. There's times I'll self-coach. Like what, what do I, how do I draw this information out of me? So I guess that's intentionality mm-hmm. when I'm really deliberate. Like I'm not, cause I, I'll get to it in a second, but there's sometimes it's just head noise. Like you're not really realizing you're doing it. And I think the third dimension is you're actually choosing to have an inner monologue. Okay. So I think a lot of times there, it's, it's just natural conversations, natural flow of thought that's happening and you, you're just letting it be what it is. And then this third dimension is actually, no, I'm really actually want to have this conversation with myself. So, and you're enjoying it. Right. That makes sense. Okay. So in that sense, I would say that I also experience that because there's always something happening, but yes, sometimes it's more of a, okay, I'm going to sit and really hash this out with myself right now. (laughs) Yeah. I I do. um, there, There was a thing I, I learned a long time ago about head noise, and that is thoughts that are bidden or unbidden flood your mind, but they're not really thinking. It's the it's the enemy of thinking. And I think what we're not what we're talking about is not necessarily thinking. Mm-hmm. This is a monologue. This is an internal conversation. And it's it can it's random most mm-hmm. of the time, except when you get to the third dimension of intentionality. But most of the time, second one is verbose. And the first one is just these conversations. So I know that like if I'm, you know, sometimes when I'm doing workshops, we do the head noise first. What are these thoughts that are just flooding your mind? And it's true. Some people sit quietly. They don't have anything. And other people are going, you know, what time I'm hungry. I want to go grab a coffee. Well, you can't grab a coffee now because you're, you know, just started like the, so even in that, even when you're in the workplace or with your friends, sometimes your inner monologue will keep you from actually listening to people because you'll get so caught up in your own thoughts. You'll stop listening. So that's something to be careful of. Definitely. Oh, a hundred percent. I would say that my internal monologues dialogue most certainly prevents me from being in like present sometimes or I'll have a hard time focusing on conversation because I'm caught up in whatever's going on in the old mm-hmm. <laughs> <up there>. uh, <laughs> so so with that being said since we are nearing the end of our time you know we focused this episode on what the mind's eye is or how how you can have this internal monologue or dialogue because we both experience it. But as we said at the beginning, there is another way, which is just to be a completely abstract thinker. I am mm-hmm. super curious about these kinds of thinkers and mm-hmm. I in no way want anyone that's listening to think that we're leaving you out. It's just that we can't speak to it personally. Yeah. Um, and I will say as well that in the research that I was doing, I think that there's a, 
a misconception that perhaps being an abstract thinker or not having this monologue or dialogue is negative in some way. Mm-mm. And I don't think that's the case at all. It's just different. Mm-hmm. So I also want to say that I, I, I don't think that it's, you know, better or worse. I just think it's different. Um, and I do just want to share this, this way that I saw somebody describe it because I thought that it was fun and it made the abstract thinker become a like a little bit more of a superpower so I want to this. <laughs> okay. With, um, this gentleman and his wife uh, he is a monologue dialogue thinker and she was an abstract thinker and they were describing the differences in how they viewed things and he basically summed it up by saying that he felt that people that have a monologue or dialogue like we're all living in the matrix so we're within you know if, if you know the movie the matrix and it's all the binaries and x's ones and zeros, right? Uh, on all the code that like creates the matrix. So all of this monologue dialogue people are living in the matrix. But he was saying that he felt that abstract thinkers are actually like they are the matrix because they're just seeing all these ones and zeros and they're making sense of it. Whereas we're already in it. Yeah. And then we have this monologue and dialogue that we're allowed yeah. to have because we're not caught mm-hmm. up in, in the actual like we don't see the matrix. We're just in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. I thought that was kind of a fun visual way of describing it. And I thought that it made it so that being an abstract thinker sounds like really cool and like desirable mm-hmm. because everything else kind of made it seem like being an abstract thinker was not as good. And I just don't think that's true. No. I mean, even like what I said earlier, uh, a lot of the abstract thinkers are like, I don't want a monologue happening in my brain. That sounds horrible to them. I have enough problems. I don't need myself talking to myself all the time. So there is that side where they're going, no, thank you. Right. You can have that one. Because And um, so I think because they are all about imagery and sensations and emotions. They're, you know, let's say if the first thing I thought I had was you're at a game and your team is winning and you jump out of your seat and you roar and you holler. And there's not that, oh, man, I'm so happy my team's winning. It's so great, man. That guy really did a good shot there. And, like, they just are in the moment going, woohoo, I guess that was it. And then they sit back down. So I'm, I'm wondering, again, I'm with you. I, I wish I, I wish there was somebody talking with us about who was a really fully abstract so we can get better understanding of it. But there is a sensation. There's an imagery and there's emotions that they – uh, that is their thing. And we're not talking about thinking. That's the other thing. We're right. talking about monologues. We're talking about how you do mo- like an internal monologue or an external monologue. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. Okay. All right. That was great. <laughs> so <laughs> the matrix and the... Living in the moment. I th- I really liked what you just said. I think that's a really nice note to end on. And I'd never really thought about it that way. But I I have to assume because I don't have any other knowledge to base it off of that to not have this monologue or dialogue and to just be yeah like in the moment with your visuals and your emotions and your feelings I would think that that would make it easier to be in the moment which is something that I am constantly looking for in my life like how do I stay more in the moment and not live in the past or in the future so how do you turn off the monologue so you can be present yeah Or, or how do you make sure the monologue doesn't Take you away from being present. From being present, right. So again, if you're listening and you are an abstract thinker, you don't have a monologue or dialogue, and you've been listening this whole episode like, what the heck, this isn't for me, and you still hold this bar, please, please, please write us. 
or send us a DM on Instagram because I want to know. I want to hear more about this and maybe we can even interview you and do a follow-up episode. Ooh, fun. That would be fun. (laughs) Anyhow, thank you all for listening and we will be back next week with a new episode. That's great. Bye. Bye.